Hey, it's Bernsey. And I'm Paul. And this is the Hi-Fi Sci-Fi Podcast, a podcast where we talk about Star Trek The Next Generation, except for now, where we're talking about Star Trek Lower Decks. And today we're going to be talking about uh, Lower Decks Episode 8, Veritas. The Horn of Candor. Oh, Red Foreman. <laughs> So I'm glad you pointed out that that was Red Foreman uh, Kurt in, in that episode. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Kurtwood Smith uh, is also, uh, he's in a, a, a very famous episode of Star Trek Voyager. Um, he's in a lot of things, right? He's the president of the Federation. Is he the president? He's this, the leader of the Federation in uh, which one? Is that? That's it. It's in Star Trek VI, Six, um, yeah. The Undiscovered Country, because it's shortly after um, both Kirk and Spock get arrested uh, and they're yeah, taken yeah, yeah. to to the Klingon trial to you know be put up on charges for assassinating Chancellor Gorkin, and then there's that awesome scene where it just do- goes to the close up of Kurtwood Smith and whatever makeup he's in because I don't remember what alien race he's supposed to be, but he just like he stares back at I think the Romulan ambassador and just says like this president is not above the law, and it's like <laughs> he delivers it in a way that only Kurtwood Smith can. So I'm I'm so happy that they got him uh, in this episode. Um, because it's an alien trial episode, we think, um, when it, when it all starts, because, (laughs) you know, when, when the lower decks crew gets summoned before the tribunal and pretty closely thereafter, somebody gets threatened to be eeled. (laughs) So, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's a pretty classic, uh, you know, setup for, for an alien trial. I believe at one point doesn't, doesn't Rutherford even say that? Like, come on, this is an alien trial. You got the big metal gavel thingy. Yeah. 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 Yep. (laughs) The eels, well, the eels, and then the the heaters that heat the eels. Um, I thought was also quite good. <laughs> I, I think you're hurting the eels. I think you might be hurting the eels. Oh, man. Um, yeah, I I really like basically the central premise of of this episode is ultimately kind of revealing. Um, you know, I I what I thought was cool about this is like how every lower decker might feel, um, you know, regardless of whether or not you're in Starfleet or just in a crappy office job, right. Where it's like, man, I don't know. Nobody tells me anything around here. Right. Um, they kind of did a good job of like setting up, you know, the lower decks crew as like, listen, I don't know. People tell us to do stuff and we do it, but what happens on the bridge, you know, whatever. Yeah. I think Um, it's, it's an interesting, it's a great setup for a mystery, right? It's a great way to, tell this one um and and every i think every part of it hits really well um like every one of the stories uh, um mariner and then rutherford and attendee all have these like parts of the puzzle that they piece together as much as they fit together um or as much as they revealed the whole story or or some of the story um and and somehow i think at the end it's still a weird wrap on it. I don't know that we want to jump all the way to the end, but um, I don't know. It's I think it's weird, and they do try to put a hat on it, um, but I, I think it's it's a good trial, um, but then it's a weird twist. 
Yeah, because, you know, basically they, they're all, you know, the, the episode starts with them in, you know, basically there. They're like, is this an alien prison cell? Like, <laughs> like, of course, it's a dungeon. Definitely. Like, this is definitely <laughs> a prison cell. Um. <laughs> and they're kind of wondering, you know, how they got there. And then they're summoned up to the trial area. I love how Tendi wonders if it's because she replicated some <laughs> ice. ice how, much, how much ice, yeah. <laughs> and then you know they they do basically go into all the trappings of of uh you know a, a setup of an alien courtroom so much so that like you see the the image of the um the bridge crew suspended in a beam of light yep. <laughs> you know it's like yep. oh they've got the bridge crew held in that beam um yeah and, and so basically the the entire episode is sort of to- it's this trial that's framing everything but then it's a series of flashbacks where each member of the lower decks gang is like telling their recollection of what happened for those events. And like everybody has one small piece of it. And what I like about this too, is like the small piece of what everybody has for the puzzle is, is basically like uh, it's a really nice representation of who they are as a character. Right. Because, and I think it was really smart too, to have Boimler be the person who went last because um mariner you know kind of goes first and then you know she kind of talks about basically the memories that both mariner and yeah um uh you know that they both have basically yeah, and frankly both... they don't have much of the puzzle um which is a good book ending of it well um, and, and the other thing that had me like snort pretty loudly was uh was when they're all in the shuttle is uh, it shuttle the rogue dinar <laughs> oh God, Roga Danar. Yes, the fact that um the that they have uh that Boimler and Mariner are having this dispute about you know all time baddest asses in space, uh and Boimler's pull is Roga Danar because it's like oh man come on he's got great hair and he totally oh, like put one over on Picard. <laughs> hey, uh, season three episode I believe. Uh... Yes, Roga Danar is uh if I remember correctly he's the one who um was the super soldier who was put yeah, in a prison colony. That sounds right. Um, yeah. And, and then uh, they had to capture him. And then in capturing him and holding him, they realized that he's basically just being held because he's a super soldier. And they like brainwashed him to be the perfect soldier, but then they can't unbrainwash him. So they're just like, hey, buddy, you got to live in prison forever. Um, which is a great episode, by the way. Um, what is the name of that episode? I got to look that it's one up. It's Hunted. I just looked it up. Okay. Yep. Yep. So the fact that they're willing to go that deep of a cut to get Rogue yeah, Danar is great. Is but then just the, the fact that the fact that Mariner goes outside of the shuttle bay to go get something and then the doors open. It's like, hey, guys, the whole ship is at red alert. Uh, you know, Rutherford's like, oh, no, you know <laughs> I made about the speakers it. louder. <laughs> you did what now? <laughs> and so they got to stroll onto the bridge late. Uh, you know, Mariner and Boimler were both there yeah, for bridge all, duty that we've day. We've all been there, right? We've all been to yep. uh, like in a meeting and and realize that you know we just didn't pay attention for the last two minutes and something important was said and now we have to kind of just roll with trying to figure it out um <laughs> and so hitting those you know th- those very relatable scenes is something that we th- th- this series is doing very very well yeah the, the i think the one criticism of like star trek as a whole that like lower decks really seems to like hold on to and, and run with is like, you know, in, in TNG uh, particularly because Gene Roddenberry's vision of the future was like, everybody's so great and humans are practically perfect is that, you know, sometimes it's really hard to relate to those characters because they're almost paragons of 
the best virtues of humanity. And what I love about the Lower Decks gang is, you know, again, it's just like, oh, we got to slink onto the bridge because we were supposed to be here 20 minutes ago. Um, and, and it just creates those really comedic moments, but I think it also instantly sort of endears you to those characters. And so much so that I kind of felt some dread for Boimler when he was put on the spot for like, Boimler, do you have any suggestions? And it's like, you know, all he wants to do is impress everybody there, but basically he just comes off as like a total kiss ass. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, and then, uh, he, you know, he suggests like some, but, um, he should suggest something and they're like, oh, that's the worst idea. Like, <laughs> how could you possibly <laughs> the, suggest that? The reply from the captain is there are no wrong answers here. <laughs> and he's like, oh, well, why don't we execute evasive action uh, 88? <laughs> then, that's the wrong answer. Yeah. And then the doctor is like, what the hell did he say? And then, yeah, that is exactly the wrong answer. And then he also uh, at one point suggests that they use the impulse drive to pull a, quote, crazy Ivan, which I thought was great, too. Um, yeah, it's just digs himself this giant hole that he can't get out of. But really, that's all that that Boimler and Mariner really have. Right. Yeah. Everything else yeah. sort of happens to uh, everybody else in the crew, to Tendi and Rutherford specifically. Yeah, and I think the Tendi and Rutherford stuff is so good. Um, and the Rutherford's, I mean, that is such a great way to tell a story through Rutherford too, to, to be like his, um, well, it all starts because they come and say like, do you have this in your memory? And he says, oh, well, I can update. Uh, and they say, well, yeah, yeah, quick, do it now. It Billups and um, Chax, right? Yes, um, yep. And he's like, oh, well, okay. I, I usually do it when I'm sleeping, I think it's a line. And they're like, no, do it now. And then he he's just keeps going through these like um, restart cycles, which um, is not unfamiliar to anyone who's owned a computer. Um, mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. he, I, I love one of the lines later that um, is what updating Klingon fonts is one of the last. Why would I need that? <laughs> <laughs> which is like, and you've definitely <laughs> like both of us have had computer restarts that have been prompted by something like that, right? Um, it's just like. Yeah, you mean you know how that feels too, uh, but it's yeah. a great way to tell that story. Um, this and, and that he keeps up story. Yeah, and he keeps like um, he tried to skip around it when when called upon by you know whatever the name of the alien that's played by Kurtwood Smith is. You know where he's like, "Are you sure you want that star date?" Because <laughs> yeah. like I got a whole bunch of great ones, but you're not going to be happy with that one. And it's just that constant reboot cycle. And and they explain it away because like I kind of missed this the first time I watched the, the episode because uh, it is a really quick line. But he basically says like, oh, my implant must have taken over. So the implication yeah. is that yep. whenever he blacks out, he has no conscious memory of it. But basically, like he's just it's flying just on autopilot. autopilot. Yep. And, and his implant is just kicking ass basically so much so that like Shax is like that was pretty amazing yeah. baby bear yeah, i didn't know you knew how to vulcan nerve pinch better than they did you know uh, <laughs> tell that to spock and spock <laughs> also i just want to give a shout out that like just so many deep cuts and they're just not afraid to to just throw them at you the fact that they had rutherford do a fan dance oh yeah um to distract the vulcan guards which i think was the scene no it's i think it's two scenes before right the, the, the this this method of storytelling allows you to do anything absurd and so i think mm -hmm. two after that is the one where he wakes up and he's at a gorn wedding <laughs> and he just he blurts that out too he's like going wedding, wedding. <laughs> and that's when they turn around and start chewing on him um yeah, yeah. and 
it's just like, yeah, you could have a Gorn wedding and you don't have to answer any questions about it. Right. I have no questions about how he ended up at a Gorn wedding. Um, it does appear, right. I think there's the, there's a ship crashed behind him and it's like, well, okay, he got there. How did he get out? You know, it doesn't matter because they didn't ask him that question. Um, and if they did, he wouldn't be able to yeah, tell he you might anyway. not know. He might not know himself. Um, it's just such a great way to do that. Um, but yeah, to your point on the fan dance, like <laughs> it's so good. You're just, Hey, you're distracting me. Um, yeah. Also, I mean, in that same one, um, the the scene in between the fan dance and the Gorn wedding, he is on top of the cloaked bird of prey. Oh yeah, and Billups is there, and it is um is about to asphyxiate. Right, it's uh, nitrogen intoxication, and he's yep. mumbling things. And the two things he says, I went back, so I was like, wait, is the is the first thing he said? Mark Twain has a gun, which it is. <laughs> he just mumbles, Mark Twain has a gun. <laughs> Which is a reference to Time's Arrow, right? Yep. Yep. <laughs> the second thing um, is Tasha, no, the garbage bags behind you. <laughs> <laughs> and if, I mean, if you watch the Skin of Evil episode where exactly. Tasha Yar bites it, you know, I mean, Armus basically does look like a big a trash big, big bag covered bag. in goo. <laughs> So those are the two things Billups is just mumbling under his breath in that scene between, which is like, how, how do you, how do you even write that? That's so good. Oh man. And uh, I, I mean, even the little touches of like, he's trying to save him and he realizes he's got like 10 seconds before the reboot kicks in again. <laughs> yep. So he's just like hauling ass to the shuttle, which by the way, the shuttle is also a deep cut reference. Did you catch that shuttle that they were they were boarding? I did not. No. Okay. So the shuttle is an exact replica of the Starfleet long range shuttle that is carrying Spock back to the Enterprise in the original Star Trek the motion picture after he fails the Kolinar and wow. rejoins the crew as they head towards Viger to intercept it. And I was like, of course it, it is, is because, because they stole it from Vulcan. Because they stole it from Vulcan. Yes. Like, it's just, it's one of those where I just, I could not, my my soul was happy when I made that connection. Wow. Because I was like, holy crap, way to go, guys. Way to go. Wow. And, and again, a perfect example of something that they did not have to do. Right? No, no. It could have easily just been a shuttle from the Cerritos, because why not? Yeah. But it's there because they were on Vulcan stealing something from a Vulcan museum to get the Romulan, you know, bird of prey uh, so they could do this mission. So it's just like those little things that are like, guys, yeah. thank you again thank you for that. Yeah. I mean, uh, the, uh, I keep saying this, but the Rutherford episodes, the, the Rutherford parts of these episodes are often my favorite parts. <laughs> they, they Rutherford is written very, very well. And again, Eugene Cordero is just voicing him um, so, so well. Um, yeah. But I also love, I mean, Shaxx and Billups in that, grouping are also just great so mm -hmm. I mean, well and then um and then the tendy great part is great tendy. too <laughs> and, like, and okay. like basically the whole idea of tendy getting sucked into like this like covert black ops mission because she just gets asked are you the cleaner and she's cleaning the conference room yep is is just fantastic and it plays off of ransom too right it plays off of ransom just being like oh this must be the cleaner whatever <laughs> I, I don't know mm -hmm. i don't know all of my crew because it's ransom 
it goes to a point that I think I've made a ton throughout these episodes that they're not afraid to take characters and put them in like a bingo hopper and pull out three and say, these three are together this week um, to pair up Rutherford and Billups and Shax, and then to have Tendy and um, Ransom and what three other random um, people that she, she does not tell who they are and they're, they're censored in the episode. Um, yep, yep. Just works so three, well. three people in basically like full on combat gear. One <laughs> happens to be an Andorian. Yep, yep. And like, because she's censoring the details of the story, they have <laughs> this weird floating black rectangle above their eyes as to obscure their identity through her entire <laughs> point of the story. Yep. And then I only caught this when I watched it again the second time, but the Romulans that she yeah. incapacitates also, also have, have that. all of that. So, yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and then and seemingly random parts of it are, are bleeped. Um, sometimes completely random parts. Um, there's a point much later where I, I think Ransom is saying Rom. He says Rom bleep, bleep Yulin. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. And, um, you know, again, it's, it's what I love about it too, is that like, she just has no idea what she's doing. And she actually even goes to uh, like, make an effort to try to tell them like, guys, there's been a mistake. Yep. Now <laughs> and they're the scanning. Andorian member of the team is like, everybody be quiet. They're scanning quiet. again. They're scanning. <laughs> and then every time he says, wait, they're scanning again. There's another Derek <laughs> <Yes>. class <laughs> Romulan warbird there. So much so that by the time they get to the end of that scene, there's just four of them doing a loop basically. Yep. No, I think that is great that like, oh, they're scanning again. Um, Oh, so good. Um, And then, yeah, I mean, like we kind of bring it all together, you know, after that. Right. Because um, essentially like one by one, we've got Mariner, we've got Rutherford, we've got Tendi. Each of them tell their story and then they get whisked away to being hovered right above the, the, the tank of eels. Yeah. And then it's when we get to, um, it's when we get to Boimler that he's got to be the one to kind of like set the record straight, you know, right. He's got to kind of pull everything together. And then um, basically Boimler just says like, look, these guys aren't infallible heroes and we don't know what's going on. But like he gives this kind of big impassioned speech. And then what I love about the end of that too, is like, you know, he basically says, but they're doing their best and all this kind of other stuff. But then he just like, he drops the horn yeah. and then he just says drumhead. <laughs> like, yep. like basically he's, he's trying to mimic the speech that Picard gives at the end of the drumhead, where there's just this, uh, you know, there's a representative from the, from Starfleet and there's an admiral that's brought in. And then just people are just getting brought up in front of a, a public firing squad almost. And then Picard gives his inspirational speech about how wrong all this is. And then they stop. And so, you know, Boimler's doing his best to do this, and then that's when the f- the script is flipped, basically. And then they're like, "Wait, you think this is a trial?" And <laughs> yeah, I think then the is, lights come on. This is the the sort of crab people turn of the episode, I think. Right? That it's a good yeah, twist, probably. and they play it well. And I'm not sure how to write it better because it is a good twist on the like alien trial episode. Um, and there's a lot, they get lots of good jokes out of it too, but it does just feel like a weak, you know, 11th hour twist. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it, that's it, said, it, I, I still like it. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's, um, I think sometimes like whenever you do so, like whenever you do some sort of a twist like that, you're always at the risk of maybe people being like, oh man, come on. Like they do but, cover their base as well. So on repeat viewings, they are like, Clar is saying things throughout it that they are interpreting one way, but are like, he never is inconsistent. Right. Other than tossing them in the eels, I guess, <laughs> which they talk about later. They're like, why did they toss in the eels? And Ransom, I think Ransom says, like, we have to obey their local customs or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, they they also like um, the, the thing that I remember in my first viewing even. So I and I did kind of watch it again to to look for some of those too, you know, Paul. And I think there's a couple of times where they sort of try to wink at the audience like this isn't what you think it is particularly because you know the the alien inquisitor is just he's not trying to trap them into like yeah he's just tell me the story well and he even goes so far as to say like tell us you know the heroics of your amazing crew it's just that his delivery is so gruff and the lighting and the trappings and everything like you know it looks very much like an alien trial so you just kind of go along with it i think that's one of the places where like, it is so good that they got Kurtwood Smith to do this. Like he nails this character so, so well that Mm -hmm. it is hard to imagine another voice actor who could have made this work as well as it does. Um, Cause Clar is great here. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's the, I think that's how this gets sold. So yeah. Well, and and I I feel like we we skipped over maybe one of the biggest oh my god moments in the episode where we've got a couple of cute oh yeah 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 exactly too. <laughs> um, you know John Delancey shows up and and uh, guess, he's got I guess we play two chess <laughs> yeah yeah and then like they start playing chess and isn't there like a basketball involved I think at soccer, some point soccer ball they're like oh is it, maybe we play soccer and then the the soccer ball becomes is alive and starts <laughs> yelling something like now we you know, solve a puzzle or something. Um, <laughs> and I, I love how too, at the end of the episode, we, we wrap with another, you know, Q appearance yep. and, and um, you know, basically Mariner just has no time for him. <laughs> yeah. Know? And they kind of poke fun at the Picard series, right? That um, mm-hmm. the, cause Mariner says, go find Picard, I think. Right. Um, yeah. And he says, Oh, Picard, he's no fun. He's always quoting Shakespeare. He's always making wine. well and this is also the episode too is it this episode or is it the next episode where they talk about like no it's this episode where they talk about um mariner tells boimler as they're late to the bridge like man do you want to get us fired then we'd have to go back to earth and the only thing to do at earth is make wine or go to soul food restaurants (laughs) (laughs) which is a great homage to uh captain benjamin cisco's dad and and the restaurant (laughs) that he runs you know cisco's yeah um but i just love that you know, again, as a touchstone, those are really the only two like big things that we have about shown Earth. to us yeah, yeah, exactly. about Earth in the 24th century. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. So the reveal on this, I think, is done well, too. Um, again, when they turn the lights up and there's balloons and it's a party um, because, again, then Clar, you get that some of Clar's sort of indignancy here is that he's angry that they're not do we, they're not telling of the heroics of the crew, not that they're not like revealing some secret information um, that again, kind of fits with this. Um, and they, yeah. they keep poking around the edges of it too. Like the, the guy comes in to say that like, it's, he's out of time um, and says something along <laughs> the lines of like, you, you only paid for 22 minutes. 
Um, <laughs> it's like it's just such such great. Um, I mean, that's not a breaking of the fourth wall, right? That's like a poking at the fourth wall, um, yes. which is a great place to be telling jokes in such a you know kind of self referential series. Or the fact that Mariner asks who the judge is. Uh, you know, this guy who's been here the whole time and he hasn't said anything. <laughs> and then he just responds with like, I I am waiting for my turn. I booked this as uh, I'm hosting my daughter's 100th birthday yep. party soon. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's just so like, it's so silly, but to the point where it never goes quite too far. Um, and And I like the wrap up too, where at the end, you know, they try to even have like a saved by the bell moment, you know, where it's like, okay, gang, what did we learn today? And um, the captain basically says like, oh, well, I'll try to be, you know, a little bit more forthcoming and a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit more honest with you about what's going on. And then they just start asking question after question. Well, so, and it's like, yeah, and that's it's, shot. It's go ahead. It's great because they start asking the questions that the viewer should have. Yes. Um, and by doing that, you take that away from the viewer, right? You mm-hmm. you completely take that away. You put a hat on all these silly things that they did. Um, you know, like, why not just ask the Vulcans? Why not do this? Um, why why eels? Um, why didn't you just say something if you were in the beam, but you could talk? Um, are all great questions that then, yeah, Freeman just gets frustrated. And it's like, well, this is why we don't tell you things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, Boimler's, uh, I looked up Boimler's soliloquy towards the end, and it's uh, it's pretty great. It's like, you clearly want us to say that the captain and her crew messed up, but we simply don't have the full story. And that's the truth. Whatever they did, I guarantee you, it was all for good. You've shown no evidence that they're guilty of a crime. In fact, I find you guilty of trying to take them down with this sham of a trial. Drumhead. <laughs> I, I love that. I, I have that quote pulled up on Memory Alpha, too. On Memory Alpha, they've linked the word drumhead <laughs> to the drumhead, the episode. Um, uh-huh. So, I mean, that's some good, that's some good Lincoln. <laughs> some good linkage. Yeah. This was a good episode. It was, um, you know, I, I think largely, you know, I don't think it's perfect. You know, like you pointed out, I think there are some issues that if you start picking nits, you could really get to, but yeah, but I think, you know, the briskness of these episodes and, and the fact that you're so entertained along the way, you know, it just it just works, you know. And I think that's the the thing about this series that constantly amazes me is that if you're willing to go along with for the ride, you know, you're going to have a good time. I think I don't think I've had any of these episodes that I've come across that I didn't really enjoy. I think the weakest ones were probably I mean, the pilot was probably one of the weakest ones. Um and then we had a, one or two in there that we were like, eh, maybe not the best, but like most of these are just Terminal really provocations. solid. That's still my, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. Terminal Provocations was kind of shaky, uh, but this one was fun. Um, this this one was really great. So I I had a great time. Yeah. Like in, yeah. in, tw- in 22 minutes of runtime, uh, it goes by really quick. Yeah. Oh, Kurtwood Smith. Oh, so good. <laughs> So I think that does it for uh, this episode of Veritas of uh, Lower Decks. We have two more left to talk about before the season is done. We've got Crisis Point and No Small Parts, um, which I think it was also probably a good choice to have this be a 10 episode run. Um, that, that feels like a good yeah. you know, first first outing for this. Um, so we'll be back next week uh, with another discussion of 
crisis point. Um, in, in the meantime, uh, if you want to reach out to us, we do have a website, hi-fi sci-fi podcast.com. There you can find links to our social media. Um, you can also find a direct RSS feed to the podcast. If you search hi-fi sci-fi, you should find us pretty much everywhere. Um, but yeah, and th this was another good one. If you want to reach out to us, have any questions, anything like that, you can best way to do that is through social media. So until next time, I'm it's Bernsey and I'm Paul. And uh, don't forget to do the, bring your fans along in case you need to distract the Vulcan guards before you steal the uh, the Romulan bird of prey. You're you're drawing my attention. Now you're distracting me.